0: Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and meet me at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And the writer of Hebrews is unknown. We don't know who wrote the epistle to the Hebrews, although most theologians believe it was the Apostle Paul. The writer tells us in verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Over the last several months, we have been talking about what it means to walk by faith. I was looking back at the titles, and I might give them to you next week. We'll see the titles of all we have discussed where faith is concerned. Next week as well, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to pray in the Spirit. So if you ever have any questions about what it means to pray in the Spirit, I'll encourage you to tune in, show up next week. But we've been discussing faith and what it means to walk in faith and how Faith is really, really important to our walk with God. Faith is an act. You can't just simply say you believe God. You're going to have to act on what you say. You're going to have to do something in order to operate or to walk by faith. We talked about how faith is believing that God exists. And this verse even tells us without faith or outside of faith or beyond faith, It is impossible. He didn't say it was hard. He said it was impossible. So it cannot happen. You cannot please God beyond faith or outside of faith or not including faith. God is only pleased when we operate in faith. And one way we operate in faith is we believe we have something before we see it. Seeing something first without believing for it is not faith. Faith means I'm going to believe God for something before I see it. I'm going to act on what I believe God has spoken to me. I'm going to do something that God's telling me to do. And when we are acting in faith, walking in faith, having faith, we first must believe that God exists. And we also must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That God likes to give rewards. God likes to give compensation. God likes to give gifts and prizes and manifestations of his glory and goodness to those who will believe. Somebody say, I believe. I believe. Believers... Act on what they believe, and this is what brings pleasure to God. Now, it's critically important, or I should say it this way, it's critical, (laughs) it really is. It's critical to understand that God takes joy and pleasure in you when you are believing him for something that hasn't manifested yet. That's when he gets the greatest joy. When Whatever it is, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a healing, whether it be a new job, whether it be a a granddaughter coming to the Lord, whatever it may be, God takes the greatest pleasure in you believing him for something to happen that hasn't happened yet. Because then he realizes that his sons and daughters, you and I, his children, trust him. That we're relying on him that we're depending on him and he takes great pleasure in that last week we talked about how we have to add patience to our faith because nothing happens instantly or for the most part nothing happens instantly and i know we like to believe god for supernatural acceleration i believe god for supernatural acceleration I know we like to believe God for suddenlies. I believe God for suddenlies. But these words are very rare when it comes to trusting God. God is not in a hurry like you are in a hurry. (laughs) God is not rushing like you are rushing. God understands that things take time. And if he understands that things take time, you must realize that you have time. And I know we don't feel like we have time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I'm getting old. I don't have, I'm running, out of time. I'm running out of time. I don't have enough time. But if you are working with God and he believes that you have time, <laughs> you believe with him. I've got time. If it hasn't manifested yet, we said this last week, and I encourage you to go listen to that message that we discussed last week, if it hasn't manifested yet, we came to the conclusion that we probably are not ready for it yet. Whatever it is that we're believing God for, we probably aren't ready for it yet if it hasn't manifested yet. So then you're going to have to add patience to your faith. One word about adding patience to your faith is you're going to have to employ or put patience to work. When something is frustrating you, maybe another person, maybe your spouse, maybe a family member, maybe a coworker, and they're frustrating you, <laughs> they, they are attacking you, they're after you, you're going to have to put patience to work. Patience allows you to continue to believe God. And it's important that we operate with patience. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and look at verse 35 through 36. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 36. I just want to talk to you today. I really do. I felt like when I woke up this morning, today's going to be like Bible study. I, I, didn't, I don't want to scream and holler and run around and jump and I, come on, somebody. I don't want to do all that today. I just want to. Teach you the word of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, which is another word for patience, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now understand the first part of this verse, the writer of Hebrews tells us, Four, do not cast away your confidence. That simply means don't quit. Don't give up. That word confidence is also another word for faith. You know, faith is confidence. Faith is fully persuaded. Faith is a strong conviction or belief. And Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is telling us, don't cast away our confidence. Don't give up on your faith. Don't quit. Don't throw your faith away. If God said it, it's going to happen. If God said it, it's going to come to pass. Don't quit. Don't give up. Why? Because your faith has a reward. There's going to be manifestation and a compensation for believing and trusting God. It's going to happen. Now, we don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and so you got to keep your confidence, and this goes along with chapter 11, verse 6, where he says, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, faith is what is required first in order to receive rewards from God, which is the manifestation of what you are believing God for. And so, he says here, your faith has great rewards, so don't throw it away, what you need Is patience. Somebody say, I need patience. patience. Say it again. I need patience. patience. Say it one more time. "I I need patience. I need patience. Now, you don't get patience by praying for it. I wish you did. It doesn't come that way. You only get patience by being tested. You have to be tested in order to develop patience. He says, you have need of patience. You know what patience teaches you? Patience and endurance, it teaches you to live on God's clock. You're living on Pookie and Ray Ray's clock. You're living on social media's clock telling you things aren't happening as fast as they should. Look at me. It's happening for me. And look at you. It's not happening for you. They're lying. It's not happening for them either. They're lying to you and you're living on their clock. But patience teaches you how to live on God's clock. He says, you have need of patience, watch this, so that after you have done, somebody say, after I have done, after I have done. say it again, after I, have done. after I have done, the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, the promise is an announcement that something is going to be said or done or giving. Promise is an announcement that something is going to happen. There's going, when you hear a promise, it's a verbal announcement. Something's going to happen. And whether you believe that promise or not is an indicator of if you're in faith or not. And so anytime you hear a promise, you hear an announcement. I was thinking about this yesterday. This is a terrible example, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. This illustration is, is bad. It makes me look bad. But I used to play a lot of basketball. And um, I, I, we, I like to compete, and I don't, I don't play anymore. I got hurt, what, before Zayvon was born, 12, 13 years ago. I got hurt, hurt my ankle, and it took a year before my ankle healed. I said, I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. I don't know what took so long. And so I used to play a whole lot. We played multiple times a week. And there was this particular guy that was playing a lot with me, and he was a smaller guy. But he was really good. And we went to this church court to play ball. And uh, they were having a lot, a lot of people where they were playing. It was a Christian environment, you know. Praise God. And this little guy, his name was Chris. He was really good. But this other guy kept fouling him. And a foul is anytime you shoot, someone's hitting your arm or your leg or your head, whatever the case would be. He kept fouling Chris. And, you know, Chris was a small guy. He was a big guy. And he did. he did it three or four times. And finally, I got to the point I got frustrated. because Chris was my guy, you know. I got frustrated, and I made an announcement. Now, I'm in the church gym. I stopped. The ball stopped. I said, if you hit him again, I promise you I'm going to punch you in the face. Now, that's unlike me. That's not my character, but I had to make an announcement. Don't touch him because this is a promise that I'm going to do this. Well, lo and behold, they stopped the game, and I could not play anymore. After making that <laughs> announcement, they, had, they sat me down, but I gave him a promise, and I was serious about following through that if you touch him again, I'm going to punch you in the face, and you better take that promise for real, because it was going to happen. They sat me down. I couldn't play anymore. Like I said, I, I, I felt bad. had to apologize later and all that good stuff. But they took my promise so seriously that they didn't let me play anymore. (laughs) You can't play no more. Come have a seat. Game over here. We're going to have to do something else, right? You can't play. I made an announcement. And an announcement is a promise. This entire book is announcements. And it's not just verbal, it's written. And it's written so that you can speak it. It was spoken so that it could be written, and it was written so that you can speak the promises of God. And all of these promises are yes and amen, Amen. and they're an announcement that something good is going to happen. Now, watch this in this verse. We have need of impatience so that after you have done the will of God, the will of God is also the word of God. The word of God could be found in the will of God. After you have acted on or obeyed the will of God, the word of God. Now you're going to have to employ patience into your life. I've done what God said for me to do. If the Lord has told you to lose some weight. Then I've done what the Lord has told me to do. If the Lord has, has told you to, uh, to, to give X amount of money. I've done what the Lord has told me to do, right? He's promised me exceedingly abundantly above. He's promised me and when I give, it shall be given unto me. Good measure of strength. I've done what he's told me to do. Now we're in this place of waiting. And I'm titling this message, In the Waiting Room. We are in the waiting room. We are waiting. We've done what God said for us to do. Many of you have not done what God said to do. So God is waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. He's waiting on you to obey. And if you haven't heard from God in a while, ask yourself, what's the last thing God has told me? And do the last thing God's told you to do, because he ain't going to say nothing else until you do what he last told you to do. And so, God, I, Pastor, I'm having a hard time hearing from God. What's the last thing he told me? Well, he told me to start giving consistently in the church. Have you done that? No, I haven't because I need to pay all my bills. I'm not going to hear from God again. Until you do the last thing he's told you to do. And so what the writer of Hebrews here is telling us, that after you have done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise But it may take some time. And during this time of waiting, this is where God is perfecting you, developing you, maturing you, cultivating you, and causing you to be a stronger man or woman, causing you to learn more about yourself that you didn't know. Causing you to learn more about God that you didn't know. How many of you know that when you are waiting for the promise to manifest, you are learning in that period of time? And most people quit and they give up and they let go of the dream that God has placed on the inside of them. They abandon their faith. They give up on the promise and they say, this faith stuff doesn't work. But what happened is they were tested. Tested and tried and they weren't ready to receive what God had for them because God is more interested in your character and your development so that you can be fruitful than he is you having whatever it is you're believing him for. He's not interested as much in the things like you and I are. He's interested in your soul. He's interested in Are you going to be strong enough to stand at a place that he puts you in? I know in my life, I'm always believing God to increase in influence. I pray over that all the time. Lord, increase my influence. Let people that need to hear what we're preaching hear it. I only want the people that want to hear it, that need to hear it. I'm not after everybody. I'm only after those that want to grow closer to the Lord and experience through life or have questions about what we believe. I'm not after after the deep theologian. I'm after the guy that just wants to grow in God. I'm, Lord, increase my influence. And, And one of the things that I've been noticing, especially being on social media and we're posting on social media, people have negative things to say about stuff I post. And it used to really, really bother me. I used to want to argue and type back and fight. Stacy wanted to fight. Babe, don't fight, because if you fight, I got to fight. We don't want to fight. And the Lord said, that's not your audience. The haters are going to hate. They're going to misunderstand. You can explain, explain. They're not going to understand. They don't want to understand. They don't want to like you. They don't want you to succeed. That's not your audience. My audience is those that want to hear what God has shared with me. And through the process, I'm learning that I'm tougher than I thought I was. Are you listening to me? I'm learning that I'm stronger than I thought I was. See, I know you say, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. But you got to learn, are you even tough enough to stand once you get it? Or will you go back and keep doing what you've always done before? I love this example. We were believing God with a a particular person in our church many, many, many years ago. And the person was believing for a car. Oh, I just believe God for a car. We believed with him. He needed a new car. We believed. We prayed with him. We helped financially. We just, we wanted to be a blessing. He got a new car finally. Glory to God. We never saw him again. He never came back to church. Never did. And many of you are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. If God were to give you what you're believing for right now, you would do the exact same thing. Oh, no, I wouldn't, Pastor. That's why you don't have it yet. <laughs> There's some things that he's working out of you. There's some things that he's working into you. And it's in this process of patience. You got to have patience before you receive the manifestation of the promise of God. God wants your character to be ready to give him the glory and not yourself once he gives you what you believe in God for. There was a particular time, well, you guys know my story, but my, my, when I was working at Wachovia Bank and I got promoted three times in two years, $28,000 to over $100,000 in a two-year period. Moving, acceleration, moving fast. People was like, what is going on? How is that happening? And my first thought was, well, you know, I work really hard. You know, I come to work on time and I stay late and I work. And the Lord spoke to me one day and said, it ain't got nothing to do with none of that. I said, what is, what is it, Lord? He said, it's all me. This ain't got nothing to do with you. This is all me. I'm promoting you. So I started telling people. Once I had a conversation with the Lord about it, like, how, how did this happen? At, you know, people you work with, how, how are you getting promoted? I said, it's the Lord's doing. God is moving mightily in my life. The favor of God is on my life. I don't know why I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But the favor of God, oh, it ain't got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with the favor I got coworkers that are doing the same thing I'm doing, but God is favoring me. This is about him. No, you must know the CEO. I don't know the CEO. I want to meet him though, but I don't know him. This is the favor of God. And it was through development and patience and understanding. Listen. I got to tell you all the story before I worked at Panera making $8 an hour before all this good stuff. I had a, I was 27. My boss was 19. Ride me like a, like a horse. <laughs> she was always on me. Oh, this, this, and I'm like, what is this 19 year old? all of mine? God, I'm 27 years old. Why are you talking to me like that? I had to learn and develop. You know what? This is where God has me working at Panera. And I'm going to develop here. And I'm going to put a smile on my face. And I didn't have a smile on my face for a long time. And it wasn't until I put a smile on my face. Because I didn't want to work there. I want, You know, I'm Devon. You know what I'm saying? I got some things. You know, I'm highly talented and gifted. You know, and the Lord said, Panera is where I want you right now. Somebody trying to figure out, why am I not where I need to be yet? Because this is where God wants you in the waiting room. To develop. And I was there, and finally, I started to say, "If God wants me to work here forever I don't know who I'm talking to, but this is for somebody if God wants me to work here forever, I will work here forever." That's when the smile came on my face. I'll work here forever. I'm developing, I'm learning. I'm learning that I can trust God. I'm learning that God's developing me, and he's working some things in me. And I didn't move to Charlotte to work at this bakery. I moved here so I could, you know, be a pastor and make a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. Money, making money first, then being a pastor. Well, I can make a lot of money as a pastor, too. Praise God. Y'all can say amen to that. I said, I can make a lot of money and pastor. Amen. Y'all, y'all said, oh, Lord. And I thought, that's not why I came to Charlotte. And I put the smile on my face within one week when the smile came on my face. This is how I knew, because a lady wrote a nice, nice memogram, I guess, to the manager and said, that young man that's smiling all the time just blessed my life. Manager gave it to me. I was like, wow, okay, people are noticing this guy's got a smile on his face. Within a week, that's when I got the call from the large bank. God said, you're ready now. You're ready now. See, you think you're ready, but you're not. And there's got to be some things that God's trying to drive out of you. There's a quitting spirit that you have that you don't know. God wants to drive it out. We all have a quitting spirit. We, we'll, we'll quit in a minute. Quit a friendship, quit a relationship, quit on the game. I was playing my son in, in a Nintendo last night, and I wanted to quit because he was beating me. I just wanted to quit. I said, no, I can't quit because I'll teach him to quit. I got to keep going and let him beat me, okay? We all have a tendency. I'm not the only one that wants to quit. Come on, somebody put their hands, they know what I'm talking about. You just, I just want to quit. I want to stop. It's not working. I want to stop. God's trying to drive it out. That's what happens in the patience period. In the waiting, in the waiting room, God's trying to drive that spirit out of you because if he to put you in a place too soon and the pressure came you would quit under the pressure but if he can get you in the waiting room and prepare you and prep you and develop you and mold you and make you then when he puts you in the game you're ready so you're no longer in rehearsal say all what you're going through right now is all rehearsal this is all rehearsal don't take this the wrong way But the Lord told me, I'm giving you an opportunity to practice preaching. I'm practicing, y'all. Amen. Doctors are practicing. Amen. Financial advisors are practicing. Am I telling the truth? Teachers are practicing. I'm practicing. What do you mean, Pastor? You, you, you practice that. I'm learning and I'm developing. And there's some things I learned today that I didn't know yesterday. Thank God that some of the things I prayed for, he didn't give it to me yet. I'm at a place now that I can truly say that. There's some things I, I prayed for. I'm glad I didn't receive them yet. Because then if I would received it at that moment, my kids may not even know who I am. Are you listening to me? Where's daddy? Well, daddy had these big dreams and he's gone. God gave him these big old dreams. Well, God gave him those dreams. Yeah, God don't love me then. This is what your kids could be thinking because daddy's not here. Daddy took God. God took daddy away. No! I want to be home with my children and my family and I'll do those things that God's called me to do. Don't misunderstand. But I'd rather... Go the patient way than the fast track way. Because when you go the fast track way and you're not ready, you're gonna fall on your faith. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Patience is the key to receiving everything you believe for. Patience is the key to receiving everything you believe for. Turn the pages over to the right and go to chapter six of Hebrews, meet me at verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. Listen to this. This is one of my favorite verses in Scripture. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Let's pause there for a second. God is not unjust. Praise God, he is just. That means he is going to remember your work and labor of love. How many of you have put some work in for the Lord? You've served the Lord. You, you have loved the Lord. You've sacrificed for the Lord. You've done some things for God that has, that has been a major, in your mind, a major sacrifice. Now, understand, God has given the ultimate sacrifice to his son, Jesus, and there's nothing you could do that will equal what God has done for you through Christ Jesus. Do you understand that? What we're doing is responding just simply with thank you. Anytime we give, serve, work, labor of love, prayer, whatever it might be, we are sacrificing in the sense that we are responding to God for his gracious gift of Jesus. And I love what our Lord says here. He says, he is not going to forget. Ooh, that's just good news to me. God is not forgetting. Robert, he's not gonna forget Your work and labor of love. He's remembering all the seeds you've sown, all the time you've given to him. He's remembering all of your work and labor of love. That's just good news to me. That's something that puts a smile on my face that whatever I'm doing, God has not forgotten about. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now let's pause here. That we are to show the same diligence or simply constant effort. Diligence, constant effort to the full assurance. That's confidence of hope of the expectation until the end. That's simply saying don't quit. Keep going, don't quit. God's not forgetting. You keep going, you don't quit. Let's look at verse 12. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now notice, the writer of Hebrews does not want us to become spiritually lazy. He doesn't want us to be lethargic. He doesn't want us to be tired and weary all the time. He wants us to imitate or to copy and follow those who through faith and patience, what do they do? Inherit the promises. What does that mean? There's been an announcement that something is going to happen. God has made an announcement that this is going to come to pass and you are to not be lazy But understand that I'm going to receive God's promise by faith and patience. I'm going to believe God, and then I'm going to be cheerful as I wait to see the manifestation come to pass. See, God is not just interested in you waiting. He's interested in how you are waiting. Are you listening to me today? Ooh, this is good preaching this one. I'm going to buy this tape myself. This tape. (laughs) I dated myself on that. Now, we offer everything for free for you to listen to. Listen, God is not interested in you just waiting. He's interested in how you are waiting. Are you rejoicing? Are you cheerful? Are you glad? Are you kind as you're waiting? Or what most people are In the process is, well, what's taking so long? I thought I'd be further along by now. God's taking me on the longest route. Is there something wrong with me? And what happens when you get tired of waiting? You get frustrated, you get impulsive, you get angry. You start acting out of character when you get tired of waiting. And so what God is saying is, I'm gonna put you in the waiting room So I can get all these things out of you. The frustration, being impulsive. I need to get it out of you. When you're acting out of character, I need to get all of that out of you. So you got to go into the waiting room. The anger, I need to get all that out of you. So you can go into the waiting room so that he can develop you and craft you and mold you. And then once you continue to believe and wait cheerfully, you're going to inherit the promises of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look at verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely. Somebody say surely. Surely. That means it's going to happen. Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. Verse 15. And so after Matter of fact, read this with me, verse 15. Read it with me. Ready to read. And, and so, so after he, he had patiently endured, he obtained, obtained the, the promise. promise. Read it one more time. Ready to read. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. When did he get the promise? After he had endured, <laughs> Did he get it right away? Did it come immediately? Did it come suddenly? It came after he had patiently endured. Then he obtained it. All of the promises of God are going to come through faith and patience. After you endure, after you go through the waiting room, after you go through testing, After you go through hardship at times, after you go through frustration at times, after you go through humiliation at times. Then you will receive the promise. I feel led of the Lord and I'll share this with you. I won't take too long. I'd always sensed in my heart that I was called to pastor. I didn't always want to pastor, okay? But I always sensed in my heart. As, since I was a little kid, I gave my life to the Lord at eight years old. Around 11 years old, I had a vision. I looked into the mirror and I saw thousands of people and the Lord said, I want you to, this is your vision. Y'all want you to preach to people. I want you to help people. And Moses was always my favorite Bible character so I felt like I was delivering people from, from their bondage. And I didn't know at the time, but causing them to experience true life, you know. And so I always had a soft, tender heart towards the ministry, although I didn't always want to be in the ministry. Okay. But I always had a soft, tender, tender heart towards the ministry and went to college, that sort of thing. Did go to Bible school because I felt like the Lord was leading me to do that. But when I came out of Bible school, I really didn't want to be in the ministry. I wanted to do some other things. But like I said, my heart was always tender toward it. If the Lord ever told me to do it, I would do it. Well, I worked for a very large ministry, uh, worked just, in, just normal bookkeeping and in the warehouse and, and that sort of thing. Very, very large ministry worked for. They fired me. No reason. I still don't know what the reason is today. I got fired. I get called in and they say, hey, we're letting you go. And that was it. Man, that was really hard. That was really, really tough. That was really, really difficult. But some things I learned through the process, because I, I definitely didn't want to be in the ministry after that. See, I was done. I don't want to do nothing with ministry, church, nothing. I'm done, right? The Lord said, I ain't done with you, though. Not done with you. And there were some people that rallied around, one guy in particular rallied around, make sure that I was going straight. Now, I'm not letting you get away. This is, the devil wants to take you out, but God's got a big plan for it. Like, I, I, I'm be, I want to befriend you. He's an older gentleman. I'm going to befriend you, and I, I just want to make sure that you're okay. And he would take me to breakfast once a month just to make sure I was okay. And we were meeting like 5.30 a.m. I love that, by the way. I like getting up early and uh, and, uh, and, and enjoying. But I love people. Can I meet with you, Pastor, 9 p.m.? No, uh, we can meet at 6 a.m. I can't get up. Then you can't meet with me then. We're not meeting. And so got fired from there, but developed, learned some things about myself, learned some. In that, in that process, I learned, I really did, that, that how you could be mistreated, how you could be wronged, how you could be uh, misunderstood. And I began to understand how other people felt now. I used to be like, build a bridge and get over it. Well, they hurt me. Build a bridge and walk over that bridge. But through this process, I learned, no, I'm hurt. And it took a while. Then I, I moved to Charlotte. I worked for a church here in Charlotte. And that pastor and I uh, had a huge disagreement. He didn't want me to start this church. He was completely against it. Didn't want me to, to start it. I didn't have any reason except he just didn't want me to do it. And we, Stacy and I felt that was strong. There were some things, they were downsizing their ministry anyway. Things were closing. Eventually that church closed. But they were downsizing anyway. And the Lord had us at that season. Step out. You didn't want well, our friendship wasn't was was non existent any longer. It took me a while to get over that because I was a good friend of mine. And it was my pastor. And it took me a long time to get over that. And I worked through some things. And I had that there's some things were developed, and there were some things that were ironed out. And, and I learned some things about myself that I didn't realize. And I learned some things about God that I didn't realize. And then the Lord said, okay, I want you to start a church. And we started this church with nothing. We had no, we had no money. We had nothing. No microphones. No things, like my wife said. No things. Started in a band room in um, Ballantyne with no things. And we got up and we just start singing a cappella because we had no things. Eventually, the Lord began to add and begin to. And as I as I look now, 10 years, a little more than 10 years into it and looking at the faithfulness of God and how he's been consistent to us. And now we have things and everything you see is paid for. Praise God. Everything paid for. No no, no debt on the things that we have. Glory to God. God's been faithful to us. But I look over the process. I'm glad I went through all of that. Are you listening to me? Now, that one large ministry that let me go, I'm still in a good relationship with that ministry. They love me and I love them. No problem. There was just I had to go through that. And then what happened with the last situation? I'm glad I went through it. Was it tough? Was it hard? Did I cry? Did I get upset? Was I mad? Did I want to quit? Did I want to stop? Uh, Yes to all of them. But I look back and I'm glad it happened. Why are you glad it happened? Because I'm a better man today than when I was before I went through it. I'm tougher now. I'm stronger now. I got more fight. I got more fire. I got more wisdom. God was working on me. He was driving out. Some bad character and developing good character. I learned empathy and sympathy and compassion through the process. Now I can relate to someone that's hurting because I was hurting. But if I never got hurt, it would be hard to relate to someone that's been hurt. But then I learned some things through the process. And now I have experience that I can share with other people. Somebody say, I'm glad it happened. So, somebody say, I'm glad I'm waiting. I'm glad I'm waiting. I, I know that's tough. It's hard to say. You got to be mature to say something along those lines. But, but the, somebody say, Lord keep, me in the waiting room. Lord, keep me in the waiting room. That's hard to say. Especially when the promise and the fulfillment of the promise is just right there. But you don't want it one second before God wants you to have it. You want it at the right time, that he wants you to have it because then you'll be ready for it. You'll be ready. And once you're ready, you'll step into it and stand there and won't be embarrassed, humiliated, or whatever it is that can take place because God put me in this position. And what God put me in, what God gave me, what God had for me, what God has for me it is for me. Amen. Amen. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www. TrueLifeFC.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you and remember to love, learn, live and lead.